Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, welcome to Film Fandango, the film podcast. My name is David Reed, and joining me as ever is Mr. Marek Larwood. Hello, Marek. How are you today? Hello, my name is Marek Larwood, and joining me as ever is David Reed. Hello, hello. Um, yeah, it, it does have a strange uh, history of repeating. I've, I mean, I've said it over three hundred times now, and it, it's. Uh, it's it, I like it, but I was just thinking, I was just putting you in because I, I thought people listen to this, they probably think. It's always David asking how Marek is, but Marek never really asks how David is. Yeah. So I'm going to do it like that today. All right. What you are, you're genuinely asking me, because it sounded like you were just sort of parroting me in a sort of mocking didn't sa- way. It sounded nasty, didn't it? It did, yeah. Well, I'll do it again. All right. Hello, my name's Marek Lloyd, and joining me today is David Reed. Hello, David. How are you? I'm very well, thanks, Marek. Yes. Uh, I've had a lovely week. I've been in York. I've been on the Isle of Wight. We've been, these are our homelands. Basically, this is what happens if you if you're there um, thinking of you want to become an aspiring actor. What it means is when you go on holidays, essentially going home to your parents' house. That's right. It's exciting. Well, I was. Uh, it was luxurious because my parents were away, so we had the. Oh, that is much better. The house to ourselves. Yeah. My parents were there, so it's just basically the same as being fifteen again. <laughs> <laughs> you do regress, don't you? Because in a strange way, even though. We are no longer young. You don't want to steal your parents' role because that is all they have left, isn't it? Yeah. Well, I was basically playing with my nieces and nephew and luckily I timed it with my friend from the from school was back. Yeah. So we just went down to the basketball courts where we used to play basketball growing up when there were never any facilities. And now in our local, local rec, the local playing grounds, there's a whole basketball courts Coming up in the world. Where they've put, well, installed 10 years ago, one one is at standard height of 10 foot, yep. the other one is 11 foot. <laughs> <laughs> That's the art of white. I mean, it's not really, it's not a big thing, the whole heights of the, uh, put, the uh, no. put it in any height. But 11 foot, you know, because yeah. official size is too, is just too just easy. One foot higher than <laughs> basketball, just to really stop people, and no one is there. So is that to stop children swinging on it? And breaking it. No, you can't jump ten for anyway. You no. literally go. This is so. They put the builders they put in didn't even bother to measure how one of the crucial parts of the game. Yeah, the basketball is supposed to be ten foot high. Yeah. I'll back it in. Let Barry William I'll put what's eleven foot back right in it. So it looks right to me. So we did that every day. Really regressed, but we're not here. To so, talk about the heights of various hoops. 
Uh, we're here to talk about films, but before we do, we should say we are sponsored by Her Film Project, who are an organisation that help promote diversity in film. So if you uh, are interested in such things, uh, or you have a film that you would like to help get promoted, or uh, funded, or whatever, then go to herfilmproject.com and follow Her Film Project on Twitter. Do both of those things. Do both of those things. Do them now, and do them often. Uh, but we have been to the cinema and watched some films on our various internet-based streaming systems this week. Um, shall I go first? Yeah, go for it. I went to the cinema last night. I went to the Picture House Central, as is uh, I tend to uh, these days. Um, I'd forgotten to have any lunch, so I was quite drunk uh, when I went to the um, a really uh, skewed perspective well because I arrived half an hour early so I had a beer and then I had a second one when my friend arrived and so it was uh, it was an enjoyable, enjoyable evening but ended up in a late night crappy Chinese restaurant in Chinatown right but um, no I went to see Atomic Blonde that is one of the very few films other than Dunkirk that's out of the cinema it's true it seems to be an odd time for films doesn't it even though it's isn't it the school holidays at the moment so you would have thought something would come out. But they seem to be just rehashing... Um, I don't know, I, I'm not interested in those films, but they just... That's what's great about if you make a kid's film, you realise it's life as a film is a hundred times longer than a normal film because yeah. they're going to replay it at the holidays and parents just go, I don't care if I've seen this before, I just want them to sit. Sit. Yeah. Sit and shout. Um, so, Atomic Blonde, for those who do not know, this stars Charlize Theron as uh, a spy it's set during the Cold War in Berlin uh, it's very popular to write about these days and it, it's got an incredible cast of people you already love doing the thing that you love them for doing so Charlie's, it must be brilliant Charlie's Theron is uh, being a badass and uh, beating people up James McAvoy is in it being sort of unhinged and fun uh, John... That's his new thing, is to go in... He suddenly turned in from an innocent, sort of quite clever bloke into... And he just plays madmen now, doesn't he? Sort of, yeah, but cheeky madmen. OK. You know, so in Split, he's that, and then Filth, he was that as well. He's, you know, he's he's a fun drunk, basically, is what he tends to play. Uh, John Goodman is in it, playing somebody who's a bit grumpy, and so that's good. Eddie Marsan is in it, playing uh, someone who's got... Good a bit more heavy lifting to do with the acting. Toby Jones is in it, playing a... Uh, quirky small man. Quirky small uh, sort of English man. Um, it, and it's also got Sophia Botella, who is... Um, she. I've enjoyed her in a few things. You probably may not recognise her, but she played... Uh, the henchman in Kingsman, uh, the one with the um, oh, with blades, with the blades for, for legs, yeah. and she's also the alien in the more recent Star Trek film. But um, that's the cast of everyone doing the thing you love them for, apart from Sophia Patella, actually, who doesn't really do any martial arts, even though that's sort of what she's been known for previously. But this is a Cold War thriller um, in the style of John le Carré, I suppose, but a bit more popcorn than that because it is directed by a stunt coordinator. So, can I ask a question, please? Yes. Is the fact she's called Atomic Blonde and looks a bit like Blondie, and I heard a Blondie in a... Uh, is it got a Blondie soundtrack all the way through it? No. It's got a 1960s to 80s soundtrack um, uh, to mirror the Cold War, but there's a, there's, uh, 
99 Red Balloons, there's Bowie in there twice, he's got two songs in there. The soundtrack is very cool. It sounds not cool in that, oh, I haven't heard this song before, what's this? Like you might get with a Tarantino, but yeah. cool like Baby Driver where you've heard every song before and you already like it. So um, this is um, directed by a guy called David Leitch who has... David Lynch? <laughs> not David Lynch, David Leitch. Oh, quite similar, he's, he's, he's a tribute act to David Lynch. <laughs> oh, um, right, they on the Isle of Wight. They had a band called Ron Jovi. That's right. It's like that. Yeah. Oh, so David Lynch, he does Lynch in films, but sort of really shit versions. He comes round to your local pub and he films a David Lynch. Film on yeah, Saturday do you want to come and see? Uh, what's it called? It's a uh, New Velvet. I'm trying to think of David uh, Lynch films. This one's called June with a J, and it stars <laughs> an old woman called June. Um, I love it if he did that. It would be good, wouldn't it? But he. He's a stunt uh, choreographer and he's worked on everything. Um, and this, I believe, is his directorial feature film to debut. How such a massive, big budget um, film then? Well, it's basically... Um, he, has, he seems to have been a safe pair of hands or the go-to guy in stunts in some massive, massive films and so he's managed to convince people that uh, he can do this. Uh, it feels, as a result, very like John Wick, which is... A similar thing of a stunt coordinator turned director who they absolutely love fight choreography and things being cool. So either classy and cool or poppy and cool, but they love things being cool. And this is no different to that. It is slick and fun and feels like a music video from start to finish and has some brilliant fights in it. If I can le- uh, level a criticism at it, it's that it's a bit shallow and, as you'd expect, like Baby Driver, like John Wick, there's not much going on beneath, beneath the surface. It's a really good, fun ride. But there is some... There's an excellent sequence on a stairwell um, that's one shot, or at least faked to look like one shot, that goes on for about 15 minutes. And it's uh, were, you, were you pissed when you were watching it? No, it was tipsy. Oh, so you weren't... You were, OK, just, yeah. I'm just checking your... I'm not. I'm not saying you've got poor judgment. Sure. But I'm just. I'm just want to know what if you if you're influenced by. No, I, I think the the story is. It's one of those where it's needlessly complicated. I've got a theory about some Hollywood thrillers where you go you you you're watching it and you go this is this is really complicated, but the dialogue is is really simple and slightly stupid. Mm. I think. It's, this plot isn't clever, it's just needlessly complicated and they're hoping that most people watching it will just go, oh, it's too clever for me, I'll just let it wash over me. And it isn't actually clever, it's actually dumb, but just overly complicated and not told very well. But so, you need to know the plot at all. Not really, it's a, it's a thrill. It's a Cold War thriller, so everyone's betraying everybody else and you d- don't know who the good guys are or who the bad guys are and blah, blah, blah. Like real life. Like real life. Um, but it's it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. If you enjoyed John Wick, you'll like this because it is very similar in style. How many Davids? Tricky because it's. I'm not sure I'd watch it again. It's a fun ride, but I don't tend to enjoy ride style films that much anymore. I want something a bit more. I've now seen that. I'd probably give it a seven. I okay. think because it, it's very well done and as a debut, you go no cool, but. It, it reminded me of Baby Driver, where it left me a bit cold, even though I could 
I could see the quality of the thing on screen, but it wasn't moving me in a way. My right? joy, my initial joy of, of watching Baby Driver has faded. Yes. It's that thing of literal, literally popcorn thing. But um, talking of the Cold War, I've got to say, guess where I went yesterday? Berlin. No, <laughs> I went to um, a old secret nuclear bunker, which is now a Clevedon nuclear bunker. Ooh. I was doing this rub- um, bit of filming for something. Right. And literally this bloke had who lived in a farm in Essex in 1952 the government requisitioned the bungalow and built a nuclear bunker underneath it wow and it's all intact so who was that for the government or? it was for the, they was for the government so basically it's where the government where the prime minister would go and everyone down and they, it fits 600 people and there's three different 600 yeah. and so it's basically like a buried submarine almost yeah so like it's, it's, it's three floors I recommend going it's called Kelvedon I can't remember nuclear bunker there's a bloke doing a tour of it online. He took me round and gave me a tour of it. Um, absolutely fascinating. Three months and and it was and it was they picked that spot because it was where the ice age uh, finished in the old ice. So that was the point where it stopped. But they located that point and it had seven different types of of soil there. So it was oh, a good place to restart off wow. the nuclear war. Wow! So they literally went in and said we're having that, and you can't do anything about it. Yeah. And his family had to buy it back off him after it had uh, put in a bid for it after they finished, but. It was amazing going to a nuclear bunker, and it really reminded me of threads. You yeah, know, yeah. Uh, well, it's so weird to think that it was all of that stuff. It feels aesthetically so different to now, and yet it was incredibly recent. Well, he said it's quite interesting now because this reason I did this piece because of the nuclear threat with uh, you know North Korea mm. and America, and now people aren't the fear. Even though it's just a credible, there's more nuclear weapons mm. uh, now. People actually don't think it's going to happen. No. Whereas in the eighties. There was, I don't know if you probably don't remember that definite fear. I'm a of bit me- too young to have actually been aware of the fear growing yeah. up, you know. Uh, but no, totally. I mean, I was alive for nearly the whole eighties, but I was just too too young. But it's odd how that f- people the threat is there and bigger now, but people don't see. Well, I to think be as Russia scared. was a more credible threat because they they're imperial. You know, they want yeah. more power. Whereas this current threat is just it's not about. It's not about on the state level. It's about two idiot uh, children who have a lot of power might do something a bit stupid. Like what we would do if we were in... Well, what's what? Yeah, sure, sure. Just get cross and just press the button. Um, but Atomic Blonders is fun. It, Atomic Blonders is a lot of fun. And, uh, yeah, as I say, it's like John Wick, but instead of loads of guns, it's punching and kicking and stuff. Uh, I prefer punching and kicking yeah, to yeah. guns. I tell you what, as well, I've been watching... Um, the Marvel series The Defenders on Netflix yes. and it's rubbish I yes. c- couldn't stand it it's so boring but one of um, one of the criticisms and I've got a lot of them and I won't go into them but is that uh, some of their people doing fights just can't throw a punch and especially Christian Ritter who plays Jessica Jones in that just has no physicality behind her punches. They haven't taught her how to do so it. You properly. do a state. You do. You've done a combat I, fight. I, I'm, I've uh, I've done a few years of combat training. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I've got I've got my qualification in advanced stage combat. But um, Charlize Theron is brilliant at it. Yeah, like there's just such just force behind every punch, even though there, there isn't. You know, because it's faked. But it's. She's really, really good at this stuff now, and I want to watch her do more and more of that. So, if sorry, for example, in the bombing man, mm. 
if I my power is at bombing people and breaking their spines oh are you playing the bombing man well I'm thinking of doing it okay fine I don't know what sh- I would have to properly train to do fake bumming to look like I would bum hard enough to smash I someone's I certainly spine. think you should train to at least have the semblance of the physicality needed in the parts of your body so it would be believable so would they mind if I went on to a stage com- combat thing and went listen Here's the situation. I just want to be able to bum someone so I can shatter their pelvis. And um, I, I think you'd have to say, I'm filming a film oh, and well, I, I want to appear that way. I'm Otherwise, not, not, they'll get a bit, you know, they, yeah, they, they probably wouldn't let you attend. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but surely, if you, if you say that I'm doing a film of it, they wouldn't. I'd probably have to get some mock ups of the, of the actual film or show them some footage so they believe me. It, probably, rather than. I'm doing a film. Can you show me how to Otherwise, break someone's they pelvis they've, they've with my anus? A, they've trained a killer. Yeah. No, with my with my with the actual force of entry. <laughs> oh wow! Okay. Not not no. You're thinking of clinching. I am thinking of clinching. No, I'm the bum. I'm the bummer, not the bummy. I see. I see. Um, no, but I mean, talk to a stunt coordinator because you could get some really physically quite uh, powerful images out of that. I think. I don't want to build up those muscles, so I have problems sitting down later on. You know what I mean? Mm. Mm. I, it, being a stuntman must—they must be wrecks by the time they're in their fifties. But have you seen the, a lot of the people? I've done a few things which require these weapon specialists and people like that. Yeah, and they come in, and there was one who was supposed to be. I used to teach archery when I was younger, and they come in. They sort of teach people to think. You're clearly just an ex-army bloke who's called himself a weapon specialist, and you know nothing about arch. You know, yeah, I think you yeah. don't even know the basics. And sort of saying, no, you don't hold the arrow. You don't do that. You don't watch them doing anything. You're just blagging this. Well, the people that I uh, trained under are proper weapons nerds. Like they've not come to it from actual weaponry like an army person they've come at it from stage combat and they oh okay but they are they're more into their historical weapons than than anything else you know they know all the weapon systems and the teachers and different uh, styles of uh, sword fighting in different countries through history and all of this stuff but it, it's a lot of fun and but also working out from base principles of this is the weapon what works so therefore what are they likely to have done with it and then there's all guns is all entirely different yeah I know a thing I'm going off to be completely I saw jousting on the Isle of Wight jousting? Real actual jou- jousting actual jousting they joust each other with p- proper poles made of ply and they sp- and the with metal armour? yeah wow absolutely incredible I mean that's incredibly dangerous yeah. they must be they must be lances that have been built to they are, shatter they, yes they are I think they're made of the wood uh, metal endings yes they're just three shatter on impact yeah yeah but absolutely incredible wow um, anyway, um, you're not interested in that. You're interested in films. Yes. Sorry. Should we go into that? Are you happy with that? I'm happy with that. <laughs> I'm happy with that. It's time for this. Here's an email from David Garden about Raw. He says, Dear David, American buddy, I was saving this email until a time when my recommended film was available to stream, but you need emails, and I have one for you. I caught the French film Raw at the cinema earlier this year, and very little has stayed and very little has stayed with me to the extent that this visceral body horror did. Having seen this film, I now understand that we casually toss the word visceral around without much thought for its meaning. The shocking imagery of Raw literally made me feel sick. 
and that feeling didn't leave until around half an hour after the film had ended. This may not sound like the most glowing review, but to me, a film that can truly affect you in any way is a film worth watching. Some other things you might want to know. The film is about a vegan who joins her elderly sister at college and accidentally tastes meat for the first time. The experience leads to a desire for flesh that she cannot seem to satisfy or control. It is an excellent portrayal of the euphoric highs and crushing lows of college-slash-university life, coupled with an interesting examination of the close but often fragile bonds of sisterhood. Plus, it has an arresting final image that has the added benefit of staying with you for days after you watch. Keep an eye out for this one on Just Watch. Keep watching the films and keep sending in the emails. Dave. Um... Thank you. Raw is available on streaming services now, I have noticed. Oh, really? Uh, yes, I think it's on Netflix, in fact. Um, I It's one that has uh, caught my attention, but that I have not yet seen. Um, let me look it up, actually, just now. It's from last year, 2016. Yes, it's now available to rent on all streaming services, basically. Uh, it's not on Netflix, though. I've been watching more and more on Rakuten TV that used to be called Wacky. Oh, yes, um, I watched a couple on that. And it's it's quite good, actually. I mean, they're all the same, aren't they? They cost £3.50, basically, to watch a film on standard definition. And to be honest, I'm, I'm fine with that, to be honest. Well, I don't think it makes them... It... I never pay more for the, a quid more for HD. No. I mean, you need a properly big TV to make it worthwhile. Yeah, and take off your pants and trousers. Yeah. Yeah, dance around. Um, here's an email. Who's it from? S2Onius. Huh? That's, well, I don't know what it is. Oh, name, Woodmouse. Subject, Black Market Organs. Hello, David Merrick, buddy. Bastard dog next door and all fandangleberries everywhere. Following last week's discussion... I say last week's. This email is from the 27th of July, so it's about a month ago. Okay. So, um, of stealing Marek's organs by means of laced Oreo ice cream. This is when David gave me an Oreo ice cream, and I suggested the fact that he may have drugged it to steal my organs. Um, David mentioned he'd, he didn't think he'd seen a film about somebody having their organs stolen. What about Park Chan-wook's Sympathy for Mr. Vengeance? I'm sure you've mentioned this before. For those who haven't seen it, it's well worth a watch as are the rest of the Vengeance trilogy but maybe not a film to watch if you're squeamish keep watching those pesky films Woodmouse P.S. David my wife was a big fan of your BBC work a few years ago you know that show about knobheads trying to get away scot-free when they owe people shit tons of money oh the voice uh, the, 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 sh- the sheriffs are coming yes my infant daughter and I also enjoy your work on the Twirly Woos. Surely all this is enough for you to get you to get a bedtime story slot like Tom Hardy and David Hasselhoff have done recently. <laughs> it's a good point, David. It's a good point. It's uh, it's on tonight, actually. Well, not by the time this episode goes out, but the Sheriffs Are Coming is on tonight at 8pm on BBC One. I'm sure you can probably look it up and find it online, can't probably, you? Probably, yeah. It's just me narrating bailiffs, basically. Uh, Sympathy for Mr Vengeance is one that's on my list because I have not yet seen it, but... Uh, Park Chan-wook is the director behind The Handmaiden, which Marek's talked about before, and Old Boy, which is obviously excellent. Um, oh, so it's definitely worth watching then. But the Vengeance trilogy is Sympathy for Mr. Vengeance, Old Boy, and Lady Vengeance. Um, so track all I of those I never realised it was a trilogy. Yes. Uh, here's another one. Okay, this one is from Stu, uh, about Planet of Thapes. Uh, just a quickie roll on this becoming a reality so teenagers will be will for once shut the fuck up thanks what uh, great film by the way apart from some uh, t- some tarn sitting in his coat a rustly one at that narrating every other line like a DVD commentary track 
and teenage girls who feel the need to bring a picnic and fucking yammer constantly through the whole movie. Post-millennial, ignorant, uh, no respect for anyone, placing no value on anything else, little shits. Thanks again, few. So Stuart went to see Planet of the Apes by the sounds of it and enjoyed it, apart from everyone in the cinema. Yeah, I haven't had. I've been quite lucky with no cinema arseholes lately. But um... I think it will be the thing that uh, kills cinema. Is you know, there's nothing like the live experience. Yeah, there really isn't. When if if the cinema is full, you, chances are you're going to have some arseholes in there. So you may as well watch it at home. I think that's a real problem. A- apart from for wanky middle class art house cinemas that never get kids in them why is it though that people you know if you've got sweets and you start rustling you think oh I'm going to stop if I'm eating popcorn which I, I literally uh, try and do the whole bag before the film starts yeah but I do a thing where I don't make any I open the popcorn yeah, yeah, wide yeah. so your hand just goes in and you don't make noise someone who they know it's making rustling sounds, yet they're totally oblivious to the yeah. fact that they... I, I, I can't understand these people, but there's plenty of them in the world, aren't there? I mean, it's the same people to me who drive along uh, in their cars uh, in traffic with the windows down and their music at full vo- volume on, like, a nice sunny day yeah. or something. It's just like, what are you doing? Well, I got on the train back and there was someone just literally watching something. The carriage was about eight people in the carriage spread out and they were just literally watching... They were there... And there were four of them over across two scene seats, watching things with the volume on their phone, really, really loud. Yeah. So pricks. Yeah, pricks Shoot basically. Um, anyone else? Well, we'll save them for next week. I think. Probably. All right. Fine. Thank you for your letters. If you'd like to write to us, then please do so. You can go to filmfandango.com and fill out the form there, and we will get your email. Thank you to everyone who already has. Um, now, Marek, what have you seen this week? I've. Um, well, I went. I, I was um, on holiday in the Isle of Wight. Yes. And my friend, also Paul Allen, who my friend from Cardiff, who's been on the show a long time ago, made his film called Big Font, Large Space, and we I talked about. Yes. Anyway, he was saying that he'd heard about a director called Ernest Lubitsch, who was director in the sort of thirties, uh, um, who was influenced Billy Wilder. He got nominated for Best Director for Heaven Can Wait and The Patriot and The Love Parade. Uh, films we haven't really heard of. And I'm quite ignorant of this era, this sort of 30s mm. cinema. So he suggested we watch this film, which is um, starring Greta Garbo, who also I don't really know much about. Um, and what it is, is a co- in ni- made in 1939. It's a comedy of when uh, Ninochka comes to... Um, uh, Paris. So basically, what is it? What's happened is is that the Russians under Stalin are selling off or things, precious things they've stolen in foreign countries for the state, for the good of the state. Okay. So basically, these three incompetent Russians are sent to Paris to negotiate um, a sale of a necklace. Uh, meanwhile, the Duchess lives there, and uh, who, who previously owned the ne- necklace lives in Paris, and uh, they're trying to negotiate this sale. But it's a real satire on. It's basically before you know 1939, taking the piss out of the Russians and communism. Right, communism in in America, where they they just get sucked in to the Western capitalism and end up living in an expensive hotel and enjoying things, and Nikotchka comes over to see what these three blokes have done and she's played by Greta Garbo who I didn't realise was a brilliant sort of comic actress in this 
he's amazing. She plays as a really straight Russian who's got who hates everything and has no is not uh, doesn't warm to anything. It's interesting. We do forget, but actresses got some fantastic roles in the thirties, forties, and fifties. You know, we forget that actually some of the the best performances, most memorable performances, were all women, and it's actually a more modern thing that they've the female roles have got shitter. You know. Yeah, I mean, it's, this is a great film where she, you've got a female lead. She's the lead, and uh, Melvin Douglas plays this count who falls in love with her and gradually sort of makes her smile and warm to Western ideas. Right. Um, it's a totally original film. I mean, the problem I had was I was watching it in the afternoon, and for some reason, this has nothing to do with the film at all, when I see black and white films in the afternoon, mm. I instinctively fall asleep. Yes. I don't know why that. Why is it when you watch a black and white film, because it's not really, although it looks beautiful or taxing on the eyes, or whether it's something ingrained in my head. Well, it's also just black and white films, as a dint of the fact they were filmed a while ago, tend to have a slower pace as well. So there's few and there's fewer shots, so it's all a bit more. It's all a bit more lethargic, isn't it? It's just it's yeah. very easy to sort. It's a lot calmer to watch. Yeah. It's a very much calmer experience, and it is because you're yeah, you're exactly right. Your eye, what's this, they think the, the average cut is every seven seconds now, yeah, or yeah. shorter than that. But then you've got whole scenes, yeah. whole scenes without a cut. So the actors are obviously doing a really great job because they've had to learn more than three lines before going away and setting up for another shot. Yeah, it was an entirely different medium, really, in terms of what you would what you expected going to the cinema I remember we took my granddad to the cinema once and he hadn't been in like probably 20 or 30 years you know um, and we took him to Jurassic Park because we were like this is going to blow his mind because mm. you know he, if he's used to seeing black and white films about high society people talking faster to each other and then we take him and see actual dinosaurs it's going to be incredible all he had to say afterwards it was, it was very loud yeah. That's all he has. Because it must have been. Like, if that's what you're used to, just like, they really just pummel you with the soundtrack these days, you know? But what's great about this film is, I mean, it, it just. If, they feel very original, very they're very sharp with the dialogue. It's, mm. very, it's all very, very tight and quite snappy. I think because you've got those longer shots, the performances are a little bit more theatrical. The whole thing has a, more of a taste of theatre about it because. They got these are probably actors who worked in the theatre as well. One yes. Greg Garbo, who who learnt their trade in the theatre, then moved into film. So I think that's naturally what happened. It's just fascinating, and it's and it was nineteen thirty nine. It was made so before the war. So they commentate they com- doing comment on, on the previous war on the growing really like, trends. Of yeah, the, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I thought it was although I did almost fall asleep by a couple of points. I thoroughly enjoyed it. It was a, and it was quite sharp. For some reason in my head, or maybe I'm ageist or something, I sort of didn't think this snappy... And a sort of touch of the marks, probably a little bit of Groucho marks, a little bit of that element to it. Right. Um, but it just looks... You can't really beat that black and white look on film. It does look beautiful. And I appreciate it more and more now. It weirdly, it weirdly sort of focuses you on... Uh, focuses the lighting, takes away sort of the noise of colour, doesn't it? I... It, it's that thing of um, uh, George Miller released his uh, what is it called uh, the the Mad Max Fury Road in its black and white version on Blu-ray because that's the one he wanted to release in the first place. Yeah, 
because it does it just it is a beautiful thing i've talked about it before but somebody did a black and uh, white version of raiders of the lost ark uh, and took the soundtrack out of it and just put music over the top and the story is still perfectly clear as a silent movie because, Maybe a bombing man. Because the shots are so beautiful, you know. They just uh, every every shot is telling a story. It's moving the story on with every single one. Yeah, bombing man, black and white. Yeah. Anyway, I, I just had a, an idea. It's really odd how you hear names like Greta Garbo, and I didn't really. I was quite ignorant to her, and had an idea of what she was in in my head, and didn't realise she was a great comic actress with a brilliant performance. She yeah. was nominated for four Oscars. She was nominated for an Oscar. For a performance in this, and deservedly so. Oh, and it's she got really carries a film. It's got Bella Lugosi in it as well, who played Dracula in the thirties. Yes, he doesn't play a big part in it, but uh, it's all these great nineteen thirties actors I've got no knowledge of, and they're brilliant. And you just literally what eighty years ago now, yeah, totally forgotten. So I recommend I should check out some more of um, Ernst Lubitsch's film because he influenced people. Billy Wilder was a Wilder was a massively influential director. This yeah. is the person who influenced him. So it's quite odd going back to the history of cinema. So you think this is not long, really, after silent films. Yeah. And yet you've got a really great, funny satire. So if you fancy a bit of night afternoon viewing, you want to fall asleep to something, <laughs> I recommend uh, Inochka is a great, great, funny, snappy political satire without being too snobby I would love to read reviews of it of how it was oh, I should have done this but how it was perceived in its day yes. if it was very controversial yeah, in its yeah. day it's hard to know that isn't it whether people were just like yeah yeah get on with it we know these things or whether it was actually upsetting some people but it feel, you know some films feel really you think uh, like Alien 2001 Maiden was it 2001 Maiden was it 61 or 69 or something I think something crazy when 2001 well Alien was made 79 and yet it seems much more modern than films that were made of the same yeah, yeah 2001 1968 is incredible yeah this actually feels when you think 1939 the way it's sort of the snappy it does feel aged but also very modern as yeah. well and uh, and entirely accidentally possibly a good double bill with Atomic Blonde as we can see how sort of uh, films about communism and uh, the the uh, with a female lead have how far they've come yeah Ninochka followed by Atomic Blonde see the history of cinema I wonder which you prefer yeah yeah well there you go thank you for listening we'll be back next week uh, once again if you'd like to get in touch then please do so go to filmfandango.com and fill out the form there um And also we do all of this for free. So if you would like to donate towards our running costs because you have enjoyed the programme so far, then again, filmfandango.com and click the donate button. Everyone who has, thank you very much. We know you by name now. Thank you. Very much appreciated. Yes. We'll be back next week. Keep watching the films. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. 
Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50% to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to Quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.